Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Tough conversations. Had a few? If you live with a hijackal, if you're in a toxic relationship, there is always an impending tough conversation. You know that's true. My guest today is David Wood, and we are going to have a conversation about his tough conversation method. Stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm so glad if you found us for the first time and if you're returning. There's so much here to help you understand what is happening in a toxic relationship. Not feeling good, not feeling right, feeling dismissed, discarded, devalued. All of those things happen in a tough conversation. And we're going to be talking about tough conversations and we want them to be ones where both people are heard. So my guest today is David Wood. And let me tell you a little bit about David. He believes that tough conversations we avoid are our doorways to confidence, success, and love. We're going to talk about that some more. And he's a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. Get this, he built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. As well as helping others, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself, like most of us. We've been through a few things, so we can help you go through a few things. Overcoming a full collapse of his paraglider. Isn't that everybody's worst nightmare? And a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, anxiety and depression, and a national gong show. Well, we've got a few things to talk about. Right now, he coaches high-performing entrepreneurs, executives, teams, and now prison inmates, all things to many people, to create amazing results and deep conversations and connections. So, David, what prompted you to decide to focus on tough conversations? It was a slow boil, Roberta. It wasn't like I woke up one night and decided to do it. I found in my coaching that when someone wasn't sure how to have something, when they were, when they were vulnerable and they had to screw up their courage to have a conversation, I felt inspired and lit up. In fact, I have goosebumps now just thinking about it. Before I even became a coach, I was doing a personal growth course and I accidentally coached someone in the course and she she told me that her husband had had an affair 10 years earlier and she'd been holding it over him and using it to manipulate him and dominate him for 10 years but as we keep talking it turns out someone else had an affair 10 years earlier 
she did, but she'd never come clean about that. And so as I explored with her what it would look like to have that tough conversation and to risk her marriage to come clean and be loving, I was so inspired and we both had tears in our eyes and she went and did it and had the conversation and said that they felt like they were both floating on air six feet above the ground the whole weekend in love. And then with all the coaching I got in the personal growth courses, they kept pushing me to go and have tough conversations with people from my past. And I said, no, I'm not going to call the bully from 20 years ago in, in high school and tell him that I resented him for 20 years. I'm not going to call the girl who broke up with me twice and gave him the cold shoulder. But they encouraged me. And every time I went and had a very scary conversation, I felt better about myself. And sometimes I got wonderful external results as well and deeper connection with the other people. So I slowly became an evangelist for tough conversations. And as I started to realize how the human experience tends to encourage us to sweep them under the carpet, I was like, no, let's not do that. I understand the temptation, but I can show you a way that you can artfully have the conversation and become almost like a superhero compared to everyone else who's avoiding them. Well, just being able to step up and engage in the conversation puts you above most folks. Yes. <laughs> because that's not something that we are trained to do. I mean, the, the thing is, I was giving a seminar one day, and I, I, it was in a company. There were about 300 participants. And I said, go and stand on that wall. If in your family of origin, when there was conflict, you talked it out, you worked it through, and everything was wonderful, or you spilled it out and hugged it out, and go and stand on the other wall if you had nobody at home who would talk about anything, as they say in Canada, where I'm from, nobody would say boo to a goose, right? <laughs> and then everybody just pretended nothing happened, and it was an awful situation. And then if you're somewhere between lineup, and so what happened was I said, now look around the room when everybody was placed. I said, now, if you are in a cubicle next to the person on the other wall, what do you think your conversations are going to be like? How are you going to resolve things? How are you going to communicate? And it was really powerful for them to think about. So what I hear you saying is regardless of your background and wherever you came from, there's a way to learn to have a tough conversation. And I agree with you because, you know, in my book, Wrestling Rhinos, I talk about that all the time. The subtitle is um, <clears throat> Conquering Conflict in the Wilds of Work. <laughs> so tough conversations is definitely a part of that. So why do you think the main reasons, and we may be just painting something everybody already knows, but let's do it for context. Why do you think people are so afraid of tough conversations? There are a number of reasons that we're afraid of tough conversations. One is we, we're, we don't want discomfort. Human beings are addicted, and I'm one of them, addicted to, to comfort. And so if I'm going to be talking to someone and I don't know how the conversation is going to go, I'm going to, I'm vulnerable. I can't control it. I'm going to maybe feel awkward. They might feel uncomfortable, perhaps uh, defensive, perhaps they might feel attacked. And then I'm going to feel uncomfortable about them feeling uncomfortable. So that's one reason is fear of discomfort. 
Another reason is fear of loss. You really might lose something if you bring up one of these awkward conversations. Maybe they think less of you and they'll judge you. Maybe um, if you confess something in your relationship, your partner might leave you. Maybe take the kids. If the stakes are very high and you confess to a crime, you could go to prison. If you confess to screwing up at work, you might get less wonderful projects or get fired. So there are good reasons to, to, to avoid the conversation. And I understand it and have a lot of compassion for it. And I think the third reason we avoid, avoid it is because no one showed us how to do it. Right. Often the other person, if you don't set it up correctly, they're not going to assume positive intent because the, the ego's job is to defend us. So if you don't have the four-step model that we're going to share with you today, I can understand why you'd want to avoid the tough conversation. Mm-hmm. But we're going to give you a way that you can have it with, with confidence, with more confidence and more ease. Yes, so important because we want to feel comfortable and we want to feel possible. Like I am not about to walk through a brick wall. <laughs> we want to feel like I have an entry point. I have an idea of what to say. I have an idea of how not to run into roadblocks, to maybe clear the way a little bit so that there's space for it. Because the other person is going to be having difficulty with tough conversations perhaps too. And yeah. then aside for those people who are avid fans of Save Your Sanity who are in toxic relationships, you haven't had good results. When you want to bring up something, a hijackal, you know, my, name, my word for the difficult, toxic people in life, a hijackal is not going to be accountable. They're not going to be responsible. They're going to twist your words and they're going to tell you you're wrong. And so learning to say there might be a way, that's what I spend my days doing. And I loved what you were saying about, you know, the joy that you have from coaching. I always am asked, you know, how long are you going to do this? And I say forever because every morning doing what I do still floats my boat and flips my skirt, right? (laughs) Giving people some way to have their difficulties explored and figured out and making tough decisions. All of these things come from being able to have the confidence to say, I have some skills that I can at least broach something and see what happens. So absolutely right. We're going to talk about that four part model shortly, but there's a resistance and it's not only from a skill level, it's a lot from our background If we have never had the ability to stand up and say, this is so for me and be validated, that is a stopping point, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. If you, if you had a family that encouraged you to talk things out, that's going to help. If you didn't like me, I I was raised in a country town in Australia by very well-meaning, intelligent parents, but they weren't trained in emotional intelligence. So they didn't know how to do it. So yeah, I needed support to learn how to do this. And you and I are here to support listeners in, in learning how to master tough conversations. And I'm not recommending that you start with the big ones. <laughs> Please, <either>. no. Don't, <laughs> no. Don't necessarily go and confess to a crime or some massive secret or go out, you know, come out of the closet on Facebook about something huge. You can start with the micro tough conversations. So when you were doing the intro, I, I realize that there are two types of tough conversation. There's the one you already know about. 
like, yeah, I've got to talk to my boss about this because he's driving me nuts. Or I've got to talk to this coworker who's just not pulling their weight. I, I know I have to have it, but I don't know how to have it. That's one. But then there are all these micro tough conversations that we don't even realize are possible to talk about. Like someone who's just continually late, for example. Or as you say, said at the beginning, when you feel dismissed, discarded, and devalued, that happens to me all the time. And people may not intend to, but someone didn't show up for a call with me and then just said, oh, sorry, I made a mistake. I've used your booking link to adjust it to next week. And I'm like, did you? Well, I might want to have a say in that. And I felt devalued and underappreciated. So there are all these micro opportunities where you could speak up and I'm encouraging you to practice with those. It'll be a little vulnerable, but each time you practice, you build that muscle so that when the bigger ones come along, you're ready for them. Yes. And I love that, that invitation to people because what we tend to do is let things slide. Yes. You know, we're uncomfortable about it. We're a little uneasy, but we kind of calibrate it and say, oh, well, maybe it's not worth making a fuss. And then the next time it happens, it's 12 degrees off okay, you know, where it was just six the last time. And pretty soon that person has been taught that it's okay to talk to you or treat you in that way because you haven't spoken up. So. Right. So creating a new paradigm. Yes. So it doesn't escalate is very important to this conversation, in my opinion. Yes. And there's another point too, that I believe we're paying anyway. If you don't have the tough conversation, then you're paying over time. You're paying slowly with every time that you feel disgruntled about that person. Every time you gossip about them, every time you complain to your partner about something or complain just to yourself, you are paying over time. When you add that up, Roberta, over weeks and months and years, the cost is enormous. And that's without taking into account the escalation that you just pointed out, that it could get worse. Mm -hmm. So I highly encourage people, I'd, I'd rather have the conversation up front. That'll cost me a bit in terms of vulnerability, and maybe I might lose something, but it's like ripping the Band-Aid off quickly versus slowly over time, which is way more painful Let's get it done and maybe we'll have a great result and it won't be as tough as we thought. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're talking about the fact that it's not just summoning up your courage. There are ways to do this that are more effective than others because I tell people all the time, you want to practice and prepare and then you won't blurt because when you blurt, you hurt. And, you know, I've put that out so many times on my memes and, and things, <laughs> right? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, you probably found this in your, your coaching and therapy. When, when, I, when I try to help someone to set a boundary, when they first do it, they're probably going to blurt. And I think that's okay. We're going to give you a model here today so that you don't have to blurt. But I even think blurting is better than not at all. You, you might ruffle some feathers and you might need to do a round two or a round three of the tough conversation. But even, even blurting, I think speaking up, is better than staying silent, regardless of your skill level. That's nine times out of 10. One time in 10, and, and the worksheet, the free download will give you, will help you to work out if this is a conversation you're actually willing to have. One, times out, one time out of 10, I don't have it. I don't have the conversation. Uh, I may not tell the whole truth. 
because the upside isn't worth it. But well, I just had that, can... David, and I'll just grab, it, grab that, that for a minute and talk about it. I just had that. A woman put something on Facebook, and it was a graphic, and it... And she... <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Someone put something on Facebook. Um, someone put something on Facebook. It was a graphic. And um, I just got to make an edit note here. Yeah. Someone put something on Facebook, and it was a graphic. And it said, here are some boundaries. And she wrote all these boundaries out. And I went, ah, no, those are not boundaries. Those are orders. And it was so clumsy, David, so mm -hmm. clumsy. And so I wrote, I said, you know, these feel like orders to me, not boundaries. And she wrote me back this huge word salad defending herself and justifying what she said. And I said, no, they're not boundaries. Boundaries are about me, not you. When you set a boundary, you say, this is what's okay with me. This is how I feel. And if you need to, then if it's not heard and, and all, then you add something to it that there's a consequence. Right. But what she was doing was saying, you can't talk to me like that. I'm calling that a boundary. Well, that could be very clumsy. That could be back in the, in the situation where you're blurting and you say that and the other person says, I can talk to you any way I want. And if you're not really understanding how to proceed in that conversation, you could back down. So let's talk about your four-part model, because I think that's important. Um, yeah. Yeah. And people can get it. You know, it's in the show notes for sure, but you can certainly get it by going to playforreal.life. That's David's website, playforreal.life life now notice it's not dot com it's not net it's play for real dot life and you can get this and and work with it but let's just talk about it where do we start david yeah it's a there's a simple word to help you remember the four steps and that word is case c-a-s-e mm -hmm. and case i'll 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 run through it quickly and then we can go back and, and I'll explain the four steps using an example. So case stands for clarify the issue with yourself first, mm -hmm. ask permission to have the conversation, share the issue. And if you have a request, this is a great time to slip that in and then inquire into their world, find out how it is for them they might have a lot of charge coming up here hearing this or some ideas or whatever you want to really get curious and here's where you can work it out together <laughs> now do you roberta do you, I, I can use an example for the demo or do you have an example in mind of a tough conversation that your listeners are facing all the time uh no use one that you're familiar with david so we can be very very clear about your model yeah okay great so let's see I had uh, someone not show to a call with me. I'd set up a call and I, I don't like it when anyone doesn't show, but it was when he wrote to me and said, oh, my mistake, I've adjusted it to next week. That word adjusted really stuck with me and I noticed I didn't want to have the call. I was so tempted to just say, look, I've gotten busy, right? And not face it because I thought, I couldn't even see how to bring it up. So I, I followed step one, which is clarify. And in the download, there's a worksheet 
just for this purpose to help you clarify. Great. And I answered the questions. And one of the questions was, what's your hope out of this conversation, David? Okay, my hope was that I could feel more connected with him, that I could feel like my time was respected, and that um, we could have a great call together. So I wrote that down. That's very important because you're going to share that when we come to asking permission. Yeah, let me just throw this in there. I, I phrase that a different way in my work and that might help someone. I say to stop for a second and ask yourself, what do I want as a result of this exchange? Where yeah. do I want to be in this conversation five minutes from when it starts? And I think that's very similar to what you're saying. What's your hope for the conversation? Because you have to future pace what you're about to say otherwise you might not even think about it in terms of anything except your present emotion yeah and you pro and you may not even have the conversation if you don't generate a hope because your ego is telling you all the things that can go wrong right. it doesn't generally generate the upside by default so write it down what would be a great outcome next question in the clarification sheet is what's your fear how could this go wrong it's good to name it. Yeah. So I wrote down, I'm worried that he'll think I'm oversensitive and that he might badmouth me in the industry and say, this guy's a jerk, just keep away from him. And also he might get, feel defensive and not hear me out. That was another fear I had. And then I had to write down my request. What, what could I ask him for? And I actually came up with a request, which I'll, I'll show when we do the demo. And then the... The next step, once we've done the clarification worksheet, is, well, we decide in the sheet if we're going to have it. Am I willing to risk these negative consequences? I check the box. I'm willing. So I move to the next step, and the next step is ask. Okay, let me just say something about that first step, the clarify. I love the fact that there's a box there because for my people, the majority of my audience, they haven't had much success at all with having tough conversations because they're dealing with toxic people who are dedicated to winning. They are dedicated to being right. They are dedicated to abdicating responsibility and accountability. And they are very quick to put you down and to twist your words. So it's a big thing to fill out that check and say, yes, I'm willing to have that. So for you listening, What's your history with having difficult conversations, tough conversations? You may have to work with this worksheet business for a while before you're going to check that box because you need a lot of clarifying. What's going on with yeah. me, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to put that in there, David, because someone might say, oh, I've got a method to do it. You do, but you may have to approximate it a few times. You know, maybe do it for the first five tough conversations you were thinking of having before you ever actually have one, right? Yeah, maybe. And I'm excited hearing you say that because this clarification step is so important. It's really you having that tough conversation with yourself. And you learn so much about yourself. Oh, this is what I'm afraid of. Right. Oh, right. that's great news. This is what my desire is. Oh, that's great news. This is my request, you know, my hidden desire. So let's suppose you've clarified it. I moved on to uh, step two, which is ask permission. And I have a wonderful formula for this because it's hard for a lot of people to find how to bring it up, 
how do you bring it up in a way that the person might even be looking forward to the conversation? Here's the formula. So-and-so, there's something I haven't been saying. And I haven't been saying it because, and you insert your fear from the worksheet here. But I've decided I'd like to bring it up because, and you insert your hope from the worksheet here. Do you have 10 minutes right now? Beautiful. Let's take this little piece apart. What's <laughs> truly beautiful to me about that is respectful. It is saying, I care enough about you to say, is this a good time? Do you want to hear it? You know, I had a friend say to me the other day, I, I had an incident in my life and, and I hadn't talked about it for a while. And I was talking with a friend and she said, well, you know, I'm wondering about this. And I said, do you actually want to hear what happened? And she was quite taken aback. She said, that's so respectful that you asked me if I'd like to hear the story as opposed to just giving me the answer to my question. So I think that what you're suggesting here is in this asking permission step two is saying there are two of us here and I want to model that I'm going to be respectful so that you can feel safe that it will be respectful. I love that. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. Like as trainers, we could really geek out on this formula. It's deceptively <laughs> powerful. As you've spotted, Roberta, it, um, it covers consent. It also sets the context. So now I know that this is an edgy conversation and I know that you have positive intent because you've said, this is my hope. And that's something that I can share. So I, I'm not going to assume negative intent. It shows some vulnerability because you're letting me know what you're concerned about. This is why you haven't brought it up because you're actually worried about these things. And it's enrolling and motivating because you share the, uh, the hope. So I'm so pleased with this, this simple little formula. It does a lot of things at once. I'm loving it already. So keep going because we don't Great. want to run out of time. <laughs> yeah. So here's how it went with, with this person. Hey, uh, Bill, there's something I haven't been saying because I'm afraid you'll think I'm oversensitive and high maintenance and making a big deal out of nothing. And, and maybe you'll tell people this guy's a jerk. Don't go near him. But I decided I wanted to bring it up because I'd like to feel more connected with you and I'd like to look forward to our call instead of canceling it and avoiding it. So do you have 10 minutes now to talk about it? Lovely. That's how it goes. And then let's assume the person says, yes, you share the issue. Once they get over the shock. Uh -huh. Yeah. They may <laughs> say no. Well, they may say no, but it's more likely they, it might not be a good time and you reschedule right. for another time. So you share the issue. And if you have a request and it's very important to have a request, if you can find one. So what I said is, when you said you adjusted it to the next week, I felt like my time wasn't being valued. I'm not saying you didn't value it. I'm saying that's how I felt. And I was tempted to cancel the call, but I decided to bring it up with you. And my request is, if you still want to have the call, that you let me know that you understand the impact of you not showing up, which was that that's half an hour of my life I won't get back. And that you let me know you respect my time, if that's true for you. And third, that you commit to being on time for the next appointment. Mm -hmm. Those are the three things I came up with that would have me looking forward to the call. And then 
Step four, very important. And Roberta, I forget this. It's not natural for me to do this in a conversation. I'm, I'm just happy to kind of, they, if they say, yeah, okay, I'm happy to do all that. I want to wrap it up right then. Right. No, step four is inquire. Yeah. Ask them, how was it for you to hear this? Yeah, how did it, it land? Yeah. How did it land? Is it awkward, uncomfortable? Do you feel defensive? Do you feel inspired or something else? I want to hear anything you've got to say right now. And if you have a better idea, then what I have, I want to hear it. And you shut up and you listen. And those are the four steps. C-A-S-E, case. Clarify, ask, share, and inquire. This is powerful stuff. David, I'm just delighted that you're sharing that with us. And it's going to be in the download. Remember, go to playforreal.life and it's there for you. And it's in the show notes. So if you're out having a run or you're in your car or whatever, don't worry. You don't have to write that down. Just go to saveyoursanitypodcast.com. Find the show in the show notes right there for you. So this is a lot of accumulated wisdom, David. You've been in the coaching field for 20 years and it really shows the refinement and the refinement and, and looking at what's thank important. You. Yes. Yeah. Thank that you feels for good. doing that. I appreciate, it's nice to have an expert, you know, see the model and go, oh yeah, I can see what Love went it. into that because it, yeah. a lot has it, it is. I mean, that is a very insightful model and I, I don't mean that in a light way. I mean that that to get to that level of clarity and to understand why every single one of those things that is no doubt on your page is important means that you've brought vast experience into one thing that you can gift people with. And remember, he's giving it to you. Play for life. A play, play for, for real. real dot life playforreal.life. It's a gift to you. So David, you've shared so much wisdom with us and, and I think it's so important. And I want to go back to a point that you made earlier. And I think this is very key when we're starting out to have these tough conversations, particularly using your model. And you brought up the term confession. And in, in your earlier example, you were talking about the person who knew that her husband had had an affair, but she'd never confessed to hers. Now, that, for everyone listening, is a long-term conversation. That is a long-term relationship. But you brought up, don't start with big confessions. <laughs> right. uh, when this is new, when you're trying on a new model, when you're endeavoring to communicate with someone in a new way, David gave you this really great advice. Start with the micro things, the little things, you know, like I lied when I said I was going to the store last week and I actually went and had a beer with my friends. Yeah. Um, something, something that is little consequence, but you kind of want to clear the air. Practice, see what comes back at you, see how the model works, try it out that way. So you don't start with the big stuff and then end up with a disaster because that can happen. And for you within the toxic relationship, oh, we're going to get micro, micro. We are going to be milli micro if that even exists. Because, you know, I'm always telling you, if there's sexual or physical abuse in your relationship, get out. But if there isn't, this is your opportunity to start developing some strength so that you can stand up 
And you can begin to do the two things that I encourage you to do. Practice new skills, practice thinking through yourself, what's important to you, what are your values, what's your vision for your life, what are your beliefs, what are your next best steps, and then move on to say, okay, this is important to me, and I am going to express this, and thank you so much for the gift of your model, David. My pleasure. So my guest today is David Wood. You find him at playforreal.life. You can tell already he has absolute gold for you. You're going to want to go there and learn more about him and learn from him. And I am delighted that we could meet and we could share this time together. Thank you. You're welcome. And can I say too, Roberta, I do a weekly call every Friday. It's a free Zoom call where anybody can come and bring their tough conversation and I will role play it with you. And you will leave knowing how to go and have that conversation. And you can find that at the same link, playforreal.life. All right. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. So for every one of you, you know how I'm going to end every episode. Remember your value. Remember your precious. Remember you matter. And take very, very, very good care of yourself until we talk again. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.